Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so excited that you have joined us today. Uh, it has been a very interesting week for us, and so we are sure it's been an interesting week for you. And so we are going to just take that as kind of a, a place to start this week, which is, are you ready for something to happen to you? Is your program ready if you break a leg, break an ankle, if you're out sick? Uh, maybe you just need a mental health day. Or, or several, maybe you need a mental health week because everything that's going on in your personal life has decided to dump itself into your work life <laughs> and you are a little overwhelmed. So Carrie, what is probably the very first thing that somebody needs to think about um, in prepping for an emergency in their program, but really the emergency is now that the director is, oh, I don't know, laid up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, given my current uh, position, as we're recording this, laying in bed, uh, because I have broken my tibia, which apparently is, you know, apparent the strongest bone in your body is in your leg, but it is not your tibia. It is, I picked the wrong bone to stress by running around chasing a nine-year-old, Um I would say making sure that you can get around your office if you're in a wheelchair or you're using a scooter <laughs> because um, rugs are not conducive to moving around when you're using a mobility aid. Um, and a lot of times we, well, not we, I, I'm a piler. And so if you're a piler and any of your piles are not on furniture and are instead next to your furniture, this is a significant problem to your mobility aid or reaching down from your mobility aid to pick something up off of that pile is going to be a problem if your printer is not up high. Also not helpful if you have broken your leg. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not what you were going for, but that's what I've been dealing with this week. Oh, okay. uh, so Let's back up for the the first 24 to 48 hours. So hopefully as a director, you have somebody on staff who can be in charge when you're not there, right? So I would say probably the very first thing is to make sure somebody on staff knows they're in charge if you're out or running late or you have a car accident, you know, a car befuddle, you know, you blow a tire. Yep. So this is my third broken bone since I entered the early childhood field. Um, and the first one was an arm. And I didn't know, I never know that I've broken bones. I never know. I go hours and then people are like, perhaps you should see a doctor. Uh, so in that case, I did have somebody who was my assistant director. And I said, Elizabeth, you're in charge. I'm going home. I'll be a or I'm leaving. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm reachable by the phone if you need me. Okay. Uh, so- so the very first thing, obviously, is, you know, have somebody who knows they're in charge. <laughs> um, and especially nowadays with technology, right, you're never more than a phone call away, but somebody still needs to have the ability to check your calendar. Because as a director, you often have tours and parent meetings and teacher meetings, and there are things that are going to have to be done on a specific day. So we are currently talking to you guys in March. And so let's just say that you know, you have to do payroll. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, if payroll is due on Wednesday and this happens to you on a Tuesday, who is, you know, do you have a backup for all your systems? And again, if you don't have somebody who you've trained how to do the payroll, hopefully you have set up your standard operating procedures and written it down. So this is my, my message to you from your future. <laughs> Please do a Loom video of how to process payroll. Loom is free. You can do up to an eight minute video for free and download it and save it as a file in your computer and have it labeled exactly what it is. Loom to do payroll. Don't call it like chicken feet. Don't call it something weird because you're going to have to be able to tell somebody else how to do that. And it could be your spouse. It could be your assistant director. It could be your accountant. I don't care, but you need to have an SOP for how to do payroll. You need to have an SOP for how to fight uh, an unemployment claim. You need to have an SOP for those things that are usually absolutely your job. But if you are laying in bed, (laughs) elevating your foot two feet, um, it is really difficult to do payroll, even though you technically could. I just tried to type the word Texas, and apparently there's a C in it when you try to type it off of your chest. (laughs) Um, And if I was trying to do payroll for a staff of 40, I would be one of the most frustrated people on earth today. Well, especially because you're taking pain meds. So we'd have to be really careful about any any numbers you were putting into a computer on a on a day after pain bills. So, okay, so we've talked a little about, you know, Carrie stressed the importance of having standard operating procedures. Um, Nobody ever plans for an emergency. Right. So nobody, nobody puts on their calendar. Today's the day I'm going to break my leg. Today's the day I'm going to have a collapsed lung. Uh, Today's the day I'm going to blow a tire out. Like this is never something that ends up on your schedule. So it's always going to be something that probably takes you by surprise. So if we can get nothing through to you out of the next 20 additional minutes, please, please, please today, create your standard operating procedures for, for, for business management, put them in a folder, print them if you have to, you know, so you can put them in a three ring binder. You can put them on a folder on the desktop of your computer, assuming that somebody knows the password to get onto your computer. (laughs) Because if, if instead of a broken bone, it's that you are, you were expecting to get back home from a weekend trip and you are snowed in in a place you may not have cell coverage you may not you know if you're snowed in there's going to be other problems Um, or maybe you slipped into a coma because you were tired of work I don't know there's lots of reasons that you may not be able to be in verbal communication with someone else and there needs to be something that's the equivalent of in emergency break glass. Absolutely. Absolutely. So even if it's on your phone, but if your phone requires a thumbprint, that doesn't work. If you're, if it's on your computer, but your computer requires a password and nobody knows what it is, that doesn't work. Okay. So I'm all about confidentiality and securing your information. I mean, I don't want you to have your file folders just readily available to any staff. 
but you need to have somebody who you trust who has that ability. And if for some reason that person has left your program, they're on vacation, is there a number three? Is there somebody who knows where to find these details? And again, Carrie mentioned it could be a spouse, it could be somebody that works for you, it could be your accountant. If you don't have somebody and you're looking for recommendations, you know, reach out to us, send us an email, hello at colorfulclipboard.com or Kate or Carrie at texasdirector.org. We'd be happy to give you some suggestions of the types of businesses that might work for that function for you. Okay, so we've made it past the first 24 hours. Now we have a director on bed rest, whether it's because of a broken leg or children or, you know, they're, they're still testing positive for COVID that happened to Corey. Yep. That, that definitely happened to, you know, probably a lot of the directors who listen to us. And so, you know, flu season is, is, you know, it's always flu season, you know, but you do have, you know, we're in Texas. So those of you who are listening to um, us from another state or country, you may have different seasonal allergies. Again, you never know, right? That's why, that's what makes this an emergency. They're not on your schedule. So you've gone for, through the first 24 hours, Carrie, you've talked about creating some, some basic SOPs. What might be something that as a director, you at least need to think through and, and preferably write down the process if something is one week to maybe longer? I mean, h- how do directors prepare for that? Oh, um, the more substantial your SOPs are, the better, <laughs> right? Um, but also, what is the ideal w- week for somebody who is stepping into that role? For me, tours were done on Tuesdays and Thursdays. There was a 10 o'clock tour and a two o'clock tour. <laughs> and I only did tours at four times a week. That was an ideal week at my center for a director, whether they were me or whether they were one of my assistant, you know, one of my site directors. How often do they need to walk through the school? <laughs> you know, what are what are the things that have to get done every day and every week? But I think another thing is thinking through ahead of time, who could step up into that role? Or is there a place where I can hire a substitute director? That's something Kate has done a number of times and has way more fun doing than I do. I I have a hard time with the substitute directing, (laughs) but Kate likes doing it. And there are people all over the country who you can hire as a substitute director for short term, because maybe the reason that you are in a situation where you can't go into the office is you're 23 weeks pregnant. And that should mean you have almost, you know, five months (laughs) to arrange for your maternity leave. But you have a child who is like, no, thank you. I would like to come now, which means you're either on bed rest or you're having a preterm delivery. And then you've got a preterm baby. And a preterm baby cannot come to the child care center. So, you know, if that's your issue, then you have started to think through, what am I going to do when I'm on maternity leave? Probably, because most people know that they're pregnant before they get to 23 weeks and go into labor. Um, but not everybody. There are so many different options as to what could go wrong. I, I, I feel like I'm now just brainstorming every reason why a director can't come <laughs> to the center. But I think another, uh, another thing to do in this 
thinking ahead is, is there someone who I could call in as a substitute director? Okay. So Carrie's not doing an advertisement for me. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make that clear. Um, But it is important to know um, if you haven't already trained uh, an assistant director or backup director for your program, have them come through the Texas director program, figure out, do you have anybody on staff? Even if for some reason they don't meet all of the qualifications, maybe they're not 21, maybe they haven't been in childcare for two years, but you trust them with everything, have them go through a course, if nothing else, so they are prepared. So yes, Carrie listed a, 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 a true list of all of the potential scenarios, but what I would like to do is just run you through um, some basics in your own that are really truly things that you don't really think about, right? So we talked about something like payroll and we've, Carrie talked about even tours of the center, but you know, let's talk about something even more basic. How do you get the groceries? Who buys them? Who places them? Who the hell pays for them? Excuse me. But like, you know, do you have a company credit card? Who's on the company credit card? Who writes the check? You know, I'm sure that the groceries for your center are not something that most of your staff can put on their own personal debit or credit card. So this has to be something you think about today. I mean, I'm not trying to totally freak you out, but if you don't already have this, then I'm going to freak you out a little. Okay. So, you know, absolutely think through, you know, and, and I do mean the basics. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about keeping the lights on, you know, are the utilities on auto pay, you know, or do you physically write a check every month? Well, if you physically write a check, where does the bill go? I, I mean, are you a program that uses a mailbox? Is that PO box key on your keychain? <laughs> if it's on your keychain and you are in Minnesota, nobody can get to the P.O. box, you know? And again, I know that we have directors who, who don't like online. They don't like automated, you know, their spouses, their accountants. Okay. I get all of that, but you have to think through that one time there's a scenario where nobody can get to your mail. (laughs) Nobody has access to your checkbook. (laughs) Like, what do you do? Like, do you really want to get a call from your temporary assistant director that says, I don't know what to do. The electricity's off or, Hey, we got the little flag from the electricity company (laughs) that is going to be turned off tomorrow. And you're stuck with a broken leg in the middle of the deepest, darkest, you know, Wisconsin in the winter. That would not be fun for anybody. But even if you're not stuck in there, I mean, you could be stuck in Florida because of airline strikes. I mean, you just never know where you're going to end up, when, where, why, but you have to make sure that you've prepared for the how. And so definitely think through how do bills get paid? How do we get groceries? Who does the groceries? you know, where does it go? What about materials for lessons and lesson plans? If you happen to be the person who does the lesson planning, (laughs) do you have a backup? You know, do you have a, 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 a truly kind of a, an oh shit, you know, do you have an oh shit curriculum? Okay. So do you have something that you're gone for a couple of days and in this box, has something for every classroom, all of the materials, everything everybody needs. I don't know, you know, this may not be something you've ever thought about. And for a lot of us, it is. I mean, yes, Carrie and I can come up with lots of examples and, you know, truth be told, 
big chunk of those are real life personal <laughs> ailments. Well, they might be us, but they're also, again, we've been helping directors run their centers for 20 years. So we have heard all kinds of things, you know, people who got stuck in other countries because they were on a visit. We've had, you know, if you want us to brainstorm 50 different reasons why a director <laughs> is not at the center and can't be for more than a day or two, we can do that for you. Um, but that's not really the purpose. The purpose is more, let's stop and think about how we can today help you prepare so that when this happens, you are prepared. Everybody has gotten much better about having plans for if there's a lot of illness or if there's an outbreak of something, right? Which was something Kate and I were advocating people to have plans for back in the dark ages of the early 2000s, um, before we had, you know, the swine flu and the bird flu and all of the other pandemics we've had because nobody paid attention to them. But this is another type of emergency preparedness. Licensing says you have to have emergency preparedness for a lockdown drill and for a fire drill. We're saying you also need to have emergency preparedness for a director drill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we could probably do our own late night show that includes something like the top 50 um, reasons why your boss didn't show up to work. But you know, we don't need to do that, hopefully. Hopefully we have made it clear to you that there are plenty of reasons that you need to figure out payroll, utilities, getting food, taking care of your staff, uh, communicating with parents. Again, I love cell phones, I love apps, but what happens if, again, you're gone and all that stuff was on an app and you are someplace that doesn't have electricity? Or, you know, you, <laughs> your phone died. It fell in the, the ocean, you know, it, it fell well, off a cliff, you know? <laughs> but also, you know, we talked recently about the need to get it right and the need to not have complete control over everything. If you are a director who is currently approving every posting that your teachers make in the parent communication app, this is a time for you to stop and think, do you really need to have that level of control? I know centers that do this. Is this a good thing in all situations? What are you worried about? Yes, some of your staff need more training to be professional in their communication on the app. Wouldn't it be better to teach them to tie their shoes instead of tying their shoes until they go to college? <laughs> teach them how to communicate professionally on the app as opposed to rewriting all of their postings on the app for the next five years or until you too break your leg okay sorry <laughs> part of it is yes what are the things that you do need to have be your monkey most of the time but also stop and think about are there monkeys that you control that you don't need to control and will be unable to if you're on bed rest, if you're unable to get to your center or one of the other 20 different examples we've given you, right? What are there monkeys that you're controlling that are just going to have to be dropped <laughs> if you are not able to be there because they're a monkey that another person's not going to have the willingness to do? 
Absolutely. So anything else that we need to make sure that we um, include in our director emergency preparedness plan that you can think um, of right off the top? So I, I'm going to go back to the accessibility of your building to somebody who has a short-term or a long-term physical disability. Because one of my mentors had temporary, she was temporarily a paraplegic because of an injury. And her office was on the second floor of the building and there was no elevator. That did not work out well for them. Are there elements, you know, there, I have another friend who his retina has detached three times in the last six months. Is there a way for you to deal with those types of impairments that might be short-term, they might be long-term of somebody who has lost vision, lost mobility, maybe they're you know, uh, have some temporarily damage to their hearing because they like, you know, the children in their center have managed to get an ear infection and not treat it. And so have a ruptured eardrum, you know, there are think through the accessibility elements of your job, because you can be a director and be someone with very limited vision or very limited hearing. If there are things in place, so if you are temporarily limited in vision or temporarily mobility impaired, how can your job get done? Is your office going to work for you if that happens? So that's the only other thing I would say is look at your ADA compliance. <laughs> Basically, are you doing things to make sure that your building is getting more and more accessible to people with disabilities every year. Absolutely. Well, hopefully everybody, we have given you a, a lovely Monday morning action plan and we will get started and we will see you next week. Send us an email. Let us know if you have anything to add. Uh, again, hello at colorfulclipboard.com and let me know if you want to add something to our list. Thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.